grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is God's word. The church is a very, very strange place. And it's meant to be that way. Because what the church believes, values, and lives by is not the same as the world around us. I think a lot of us as Christians would like to change the culture around us as if that were something we are even capable to do. But we are, as the church, to live counter to the culture by those different values, by those different beliefs, by that different way of life. Gladys is a shining example of life lived counterculture. As we live increasingly in a world that teaches us to put our own lives, our own interests, our own pleasure before all things. Faith and family were at the forefront of Gladys's life. She embraced with every fiber of her being that she was first and foremost a child of God, a loving wife to her husband Jack, a devoted mother to Sue, to Karen, to Debbie, to John, and to Julie, a proud grandmother and great-grandmother to, I'm not going to try to name all of you, committed and caring to her other family, friends, neighbors, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ here at her church and everywhere. It is one thing to live with faith in Christ. It's another thing entirely to live at odds with the world. Now, to those of you who are Gladys's family, the love that exists between all of you and mom, grandma, grandma B, great grandma B, her love for you, your love for her, and your love for one another, it's evident to everyone who knows you. If you are to take anything away from Gladys's life lived on earth, mom's life lived on earth, Grandma B's life lived on earth. Take these words from Paul in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Know that life as a child of God, as one redeemed by Christ, runs counter to the world around you. Now, based on the fact, I think everyone who knew Gladys knows this, everyone knew exactly what she was thinking. There was not much of a filter. She would tell you. Now that means when she told you something, you knew it was out of complete conviction. I have so many stories, but one that sticks out is we had, I would go and lead chapel services over at Mary Hill the last couple of years. And um, just a little personal note, over that time I've been struggling to kind of lose some weight. And um, she let me know. Pastor, you've lost some weight. Or, if I wasn't doing so well on my diet, she'd say, Pastor, you're looking a little chubbier than normal. (laughs) She had the same frankness if she was struggling with something. She would let you know. Whatever she thought, whatever she believed, she would tell you. And that's why I picked this text from Philippians chapter 1. Karen had pointed it out to me, but I, I had heard it with my own ears about how she would, in her last days, last few months, she would, she would point to heaven and say, I'm so lucky. If I die, I have dad. If I stay here, I have my kids. You knew that wasn't just fluff. That wasn't just a platitude. She believed that. That is almost exactly what St. Paul is saying. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I I want you to stop and think about those words. To die is gain. To the world, that is utter nonsense. To a world that runs from death as fast as it can. And yet Paul and and Gladys and by the grace of God, all of us with them, to be able to say, to die is gain. That's counterculture. That's different. It's even a little bit strange. Paul's book of Philippians is, from its beginning to its end, it's a book we actually just studied in our Thursday morning Bible study, so it's been on my mind a lot lately, a counter-cultural message of hope in the middle of, of grief and of pain and suffering. To live is Christ. To die is gain. My desire, Paul says, is to depart and be with Christ, for that is Far better, far better than living in this world, which he says is Christ. It is the essence of Christ for the Christian to live 
to receive what He gives, to be forgiven one's sins, to live with hope and promise in the resurrection. And yet even that life that is Christ can't compare to what awaits the Christian upon death. That is better. Noah Paul says that is far better. St. Paul, upon review of his life, when he looked back on a life now past, he realized that whatever good there was in it, whatever self-righteousness he could identify in it, anything he considered having obtained in this life, in Jesus is something not just better, far better. I'd like to pick up Paul's words later on in Philippians chapter 3. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Whatever joy you think that Gladys knew in this earth, among her family, her friends, her church, it all pales in comparison to the joy that is hers and ours this day. The words from our Old Testament reading, I actually took them, they were from Jack's funeral. Nine years ago. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. The world can't get it. The world can't make sense of it. But we, the people of God today, we rejoice. It's an imperfect rejoicing because, of course, there are still tears. There is still pain and hurt. But along with it, this joy that is held before us, 
of a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, where all things are made new and where all tears are gone. Jesus, in our gospel from John 14, said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life is indeed risen from the dead. Thanks be to God. Gladys knew that, believed it, found her hope and her comfort in that. And so that will be where we find our hope, our comfort, and promise. That despite her lifetime that has provided us so many memories, so much love, so much care, it is the holy, perfect life, the bleeding, suffering, and dying of Jesus And of course, his resurrection from the dead that truly gives us hope and comfort and promise. Hope and comfort and promise that can't be found in the world around us. Hope and comfort and promise that runs contrary to everything we might be told. Hope, comfort, promise in the risen Jesus Christ, our Lord. The grave in which we lay Gladys to rest today has no power. The world would look at it and say, that's finality. We understand differently. Though the world doesn't understand it, though the world mocks it, though the world rejects it, Gladys' death is her gain. Christ lives. Jesus is risen. Risen indeed. What joy that because he lives... Gladys will live. You and I will live. And that gain that is hers is ours as well. Joy alongside sadness. Though the world doesn't get it, it is my prayer that you do. Amen.
The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.